0: November 20th, 2023, this morning's class is donated by A.B. Cohen in memory of his grandmother, Annette Cohen, shalom, bat le'ah. We're in Baba Bava and Daf, daled amud bet, if you count from the bottom of the amud up, we're about eight lines up, and we're at the end of the 24 avot, which Rabbi Haya listed for us. If you recall, our Mishnah told us there are four avot, four primary categories, with regards to Nizikim damages. Then we had the opinion on this page, on this Amud of Rabi O'Sha'ya, or his Bira'ita, which counted 13. And then lastly, we had this Biraita of Rabi Hya, which counted 24. And we noticed differences and understood why they're there in each of these counts. The last few, we want to just return to and then deal with the analysis of this 24 of Rabi Hya. The last few read as follows. Again, eight lines from the bottom. It said Hamit So briefly, each of these again, mitame means if a person were to approach a kohen who has a terumah, and terumah needs to be eaten both when the kohen is tahor, he's in a state of purity, as well as when the Food, the terumah, which you will be eating, is betahara, and a person contaminates the turumah. The t- the He's mitameid. In such a circumstance, you've made the kohen lose money. This was food they could have eaten and now can't be used as food. It could be there's hana'ah, there's benefit which can be derived from it. The Gemara elsewhere tells us you're allowed to, as a kohen, uh, light that tirumah underneath your pot in order to use it as fire starter, or fire continuer, uh, but it can't be eaten, it diminishes in the value. That's metameh. Midamea means that I enter into your property or I have access to your goods and I take some of your goods which are, have already, you've removed terumot and maasrot from them. That's what we call chulin. In other words, if there's products that have grown out in the field and I haven't yet taken tirumah and ma'ase from it, it's what's called tevil. I'm not allowed to benefit from it till I separate that and ultimately speaking donate that. Uh, so uh, let's say I've done so already. So I have my products which are already fixed, so to speak. That's what we call them mitukan. And then uh, you come along and you take some of the teruma that you have, that I have, and and you mix it in, so now we have a whole mixture, there's no way of fixing that at this point unless I give it all to a kohen, unless I sell it all to a kohen, at this point I've devalued the products because those the produce at this point is no longer edible for any person, it's only for kohanim because it has mixed into it both Tiruma and hulin, and you don't know how to distinguish and to know which one's which. You've damaged me. You've uh, you've caused a, a certain uh, loss of finances in my in my uh, possessions. That's middamea. You've caused dimua. Dimua, by definition, the word means mixture. and the last, which I'd like to for a moment to focus on the most, is milashon yayinnesich well, we know nis, uh, n- uh, that's a reference to so, you know there was um, that's uh, to libate, literally speaking, which means to say to pour wine. We used to have that in the uh, in the Mikdash, in the Mishkan. There was Nisu there was Nisu Hamayim. Over the course of Sukkot, they would libate, they would. Uh, pour water, and at other times pour wine on the Mizbeach during times of sacrifice. What's the problem of being menasech Over here, if you count from the bottom of the page up in Rashi, some eight lines up, Rashi Diburah matkelu umenasekh, the third to last word on the line, or fourth to last word, says, um, yayin zara. First and foremost, Rashi says, they so are not doing a mitzvah with it. I approach your wine, and what I do is, I turn it into yayin through doing some action to it which changes its status. The halakha is that yayin is forbidden in terms of benefiting and drinking from it. And I've taken your wine and I've touched it or I've moved it in a certain fashion. Uh, the general word we use for that is kiskus, kiskes by yayin. You took the wine and you shook it a little bit with intention of some sort for avodah zarah. I've ruined your wine. Ubemasechet gitin continues, so that's the damage. What's that? No, a Jew did it. I can do it, of course. I mean, it uh, might even be more problematic for me, but certainly problematic for a non-Jew as well. For me, is a, straight, is a terrible, life. that's what I've done. I've taken your, what you're thinking about, that's what we're talking about, non-Jews. We fear that they may have, or don't, whatever, intention. Over here, I had the intention, and I did the action. I took your wine, just pick it up and pour it. I uh, shook it a little bit with intention of, Avudazara. It's a big problem. I've now caused harm to your wine. Now, the Gemara, the Rashi goes on to quote the Gemara Masechet Gitin, which asks a very basic question, and that is, how is there ever a financial liability in such a circumstance? After all, remember what I've done. I've taken your wine, Alan, and I've moved it around a little bit, and by so doing, I had intention of Avodah Zarah, and it was Avodah Zarah. The halakha is kam leh which means to say if I'm liable to punishments, one more severe than the other, I get only the higher severity. So over here I'm liable for death penalty, I did avodah and I'm also liable to pay to you. I'm not gonna have to pay to you. That's the halakha, kam leh The gemara Masechet in Masechet Kitubot derives this from Pasuk and Parashah Mishpatim, but ultimately speaking that's the law. The law is, that if I'm liable for one, on one action to two punishments, one more severe than the other, I only have to deal with the higher liability. The example I always give is, there's a shooting match and one person kills the other and then they're brought to court they're going to be put to death but they say by the way the family of the deceased one says we'd like you to play, pay the uh, dry cleaning bill as well we am not paying the dry cleaning bill I'm being put to death I don't need to do that that's so how in this circumstance in this situation are you liable for payment one of the 24 is you should never have to pay for you if you actually did you're not liable for paying says Rashi et Gitin mefaresh. Am I lo kim le she leaves it on a cliffhanger. He just asks the question. He says to look in Masechet Gitin for the answer. Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you the answer. Yeah, all right, that's true, but you did, lo But the answer, the Gemara over there suggests that the way it works is really two stages. As I have intention, I'm the fellow, don't forget. As I have intention to do the Yayin, the Shem Avodah on your wine, I pick it up initially, that's an act of stealing. I only then maybe move it around a little bit, that's the act of Avodah of zara, which means to say there's two separate actions. The first action being the stealing, I'm liable to pay for it then. And then the second action being Yayin Nesich, that's the Uh, explanation to that, but Rashi raises the question. Rashi continues and he says, Uh, Rashi is uh, preempting the question. Each one of the Avot, we've said it several times, needs to have some sort of Pasuk in the Torah to which we can point and say, that's why it's a primary category of Nezikin. Where do you have a primary category with regards to metameh, metameh, Those last three, you don't have an explicit pasuk in the Torah which says if a person does this to another, he's liable. Uh, so as Rashi is asking the question: Lo vebehidya. They're not explicit in the Torah. If they're not explicit, they can't and shouldn't be in the count of 24. Vaafilu nonetheless explains Rashi: Havu avot. They're considered avot. Why? Shebichlal nezekin mamon bema yishalemena. Period. As Rashi, they are a part of nezek to mamon of another. They are part of damaging the property of another. And in turn, these are counted as three separate ones. They're subsumed under the larger category of damaging the property of another as a human being. That's this pasuk. ma'ke nefesh behema yishal If you strike the life of an animal, you have to pay for it. But these are specific categories within it. It's a very, very broad definition of yeah. the well, not written, but it was alluded to somewhere else falls under the category, it's therefore an Aav. No, it is an Aav. It should be a Toledah, but it's not I mean, it, it's hard to define why okay. this is a Toledah and that's an Aav, just because that's an animal and this is a... No, these three and so, I mean, we've seen that. We, we've seen situations. You, you, you're only pointing out that we're a little bit more um, broad and liberal in defining avot, but it's not that it can't be. We've seen other avot, which were somewhat alluded to. Uh, and and this, one be, uh, you know, this one being no different. Anyway, it continues Rashi, and he says, just lastly, uh, perhaps the case is, in order to answer the question, of the suggestion, again, the question Rashi started, it's a little funny, Rashi starts with a question, he says, look in the Gemara, he then has a pause in the action and he tells you, uh, uh, he alludes to you uh, why they are considered Avot, and then he seems to be going back to the initial question. He says, maybe it's not, maybe the reason you're paying it now, even though you're getting put to death, is because the case is not as I described it until now. I picked up your wine, uh, Alan, and I moved it around like that, but rather, you already, for some reason, had Yai in your possession. I took, oh, scratch that. I have Yai in my possession. I enter into your house, and I take my wine, and I pour it into your wine. Maybe that's the case. In other words, in such a circumstance, I didn't do the sin, I mixed Yayanesech with Ya'in Kasher. Maybe that's the case, in which case, I, did I, I didn't do anything other than mix. I didn't do the sin of Avodah Zarah per se. Contaminated I contaminated in a, pretty dif- in a pretty bad way, right? I took Yayanesech and I mixed it with yours. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's Manasseh. That. What's the and, and in which case it would be the same as Tirumah. I guess that could have been one answer and it would be subsumed, but it's more specific. It's with Yay Nesech. Answers Rashid differently. He says, Velekale mm-hmm. and He says, You should not say, Shinesech obi Shizarakbo, that you turned it into Yay by. pouring in a different yain Uh, suggests Rashi the reason that that wouldn't be the case is because ultimately speaking if I did so to you Alan you now have mixed wine some of it's kosher some of it's not and you're holding on to it you didn't lose the full value of the wine you can now take this wine and sell it to someone else to a non-Jew let's say and take away you, you know just about how much wine I put into it subtract that amount don't get that Benefit from that amount. Sell it for the value of the wine that you had already and the wine that was added in by me, which messes it up, uh, so that won't mess it up entirely. You just subtract that from the full amount in other words, I didn't fully damage you in such a circumstance, suggests Rashid, that's the reason that that's not the case of menasech over here. It's not so simple. And masechet avodazara, you see already alluded to by Maharaf Ranschberg, there's, there's an opinion of Shemuel who seems to suggest this is the case. It's a longer conversation, but for our purposes, that's what we've then, Finish this listing of Rabbiyar. Bihyah's final three of the twenty-four are Hamitamea Vehamidame excuse me, Hamitameh Now we're about uh, seven lines from the bottom or so and the Gemara eight lines from the bottom, last word on the line says the Gemara Vehanetele in addition to the those eleven, which Rabbi be just listed, you have the thirteen, which we had earlier in the listing of Rabbi Oshaya Ha Esrim VeArbaa. That brings us to a grand total of twenty-four. That ends that conversation, except it opens another one. Now we turn to. Rabbi Osha'ayah, that's the opinion we saw who counted thirteen, and we say you had thirteen, you were already more expansive than four. How come you didn't go all the way? How come you didn't add those extra eleven of Rabbi Hayav, Rabbi Oshaya, Hane? Osha'ayah, what's the reason? Tama? what's your reasoning? you didn't teach hane these. In other words, the additional 11, answers the Gemara in its initial response, The answer is, according to Rabbi Oshaya, the listing should include only Mamon. Mamon means financial restitution. I made you lose money and I have to pay for that. Kenas is what's above and beyond financial responsibility. Kenas means penalty. So, for example, the double that was listed over there, that's what we call kefil, that's kenas. The motzi shemra, the ones, the mefateh, many of the other cases, the arba'ava hamisha, I already listed several circumstances where a person's paying above and beyond the amount that they damage. That's all kenas. So you've answered a bunch in terms of the listing. Of course, you're going to have to deal with several others, but the initial response is what distinguishes me says Rabbi Oshayas as the for Rabbi Oshaya's beraita, and Rabbi is my listing counts just financial restitution. Your listing includes also penalties. I'm not denying your, the truth of your statement. It just doesn't get counted in the large accounting of Avot Nezikin. Wait a second. There are several others. There were several other situations listed by the Hiya in addition to the O'Sha'ya. Rabi O'Sha'ya was second, was the Beraita. Rabbi uh, Hiya was the second Beraita. Uh, so there were several that weren't Kenas. For example, Ganav the Mamonahu litne. So ask the Gemara, wait a second, what about Ganav and Gazlan? That's the thief who does it surreptitiously, who does it mysteriously, he does it at night, he does it without the pickpocket. And gazlan is the person who brazenly uh, puts a gun to your head and says, give me all your money. That's ganav and gazlan. Each of those you're talking about just the amount that was stolen. They were on the listing of rabihiyah, the second of the 24. He counted ganav and gazlan as two of them. Those are not kinas. If a person steals from another person, they have to pay back that money, not as a penalty. They have to pay back whatever they stole. Oh, so how come they're not Listed? How come Rabbi Osha'ayah didn't have 15? He only had 13. He should have counted those two. And says the Gemara hakatanele shomer hinam ve He already had them listed in his explanation, his, his listing earlier of shomer hinam. What does that mean? Let's quickly remember what a shomer hinam is. Remember a shomer hinam, a person who's watching over the property of another. And in such a circumstance, they're not getting paid to do so and they can't use the item. They are liable for pishia, um, uh, only if they were negligent. Now, if you were to entrust me with uh, your box and I'm holding on to your box and I am negligent, but I don't admit to being negligent, I claim instead, I hold on to that money. Let's say I steal it. I steal the box and I put it in my, uh, my safe deposit box. And you come and you claim, where's my box? I say it was stolen and it's in which case I'm off the hook. And then I get caught lying that it was stolen. Such a circumstance, that's what's called torin ta'anat ganav. We're going to see a lot about this later in the Masikhet. It's In such a circumstance, I'm considered like a thief. Uh, so again, even though I uh, held on to it and I'm caught in such a circumstance, torin ta'anat ganav has all the laws of a thief well says the Gemara that for for bioshaya, is the same as mentioning a thief again if I mentioned the thief that's one thing I don't need to mention that I told you a case a step removed which includes in it thievery what's that? you come and claim to me that I stole the item I say I didn't steal the item I get caught stealing the item I have to pay as if I'm a thief that's you're like a thief and in turn says 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 the first Beraita to the second Beraita. The reason I didn't list that is I already had it under Shomer Hinam. That's what's that? Not a Kenaz. Why a Kenaz? Forget about double principle. An addition. But what about the principle? What about the? Uh, okay, we counted both. We call it, counted Kefil. We counted get Ganav. In Rabbi Chiyaz's list, in Rabbi Oshaya's listing, in the second listing, we have it. We had it. We had Ganav and Gazlan. The question is, why in the first listing, the thirteen? And his answer is, it was in there. It was already included in when I said Shomer Hinam. Why does it say Shoil as well? Shoil is not a great example, as Rashi points out. Shoil, if you recall, is the case where I'm borrowing something, and uh, in such a circumstance, there's no such thing as Twain Ta'anat Ganav. Says Rashi that it just got thrown in. We really meant Shomer Hinam. That's the case where you have this situation um, in in its fullest sense. All right, so again, says the Gemara, okay, so the Gemara's answer over here is. Parentheses, VeHashoel, and now the Gemara turns to Bichias. Is not that a great claim? Once you counted Shomer Hainam, included in Shomer Chinam is the law of Toenta Ganav. As a person who says it was stolen from, he gets caught and he gets treated as a thief. But Bichiana Me hatanale Shomir Shomer Don't you have the case also Shomer Hainam? And if you have the case of Shomer Hainam, you're wasting your space. You're adding an unnecessary twenty fourth category. It should just be twenty three. You should count Ganav as subsumed under Shomer It's part of the laws, answers the Gemara. The answer of Rabbi is it's more clear and it's spelled out better when you mention it as two separate categories because they're a little bit or they're very different one from the other. Although the final line, as they're getting treated as a thief, is the same, they're still very different. In a case where I'm a Ganav, that's Mamona de Ate, means which came, means into my hand, I took it, I took it in a forbidden fashion that's the classic case of ganav that's not the same as when it came into my hand Behetera. Behetera means you gave it to me to hold on to you can make the claim for both you can make the claim for either or both the point is we want them both listed in order to be clear in such a circumstance uh, it, you, you, you could make the claim the other way alternatively what? what's that Okay, that's right. Was, ultimately speaking, the Gemara says that's the reasoning why both are listed according to the to make it absolutely clear they're both liable. So as the Gemara still have some questions. Edim zomimin de mamonahu litne Rabbi the Raita of thirteen. Why didn't you count edim zomimin? The count of twenty four had edim zomimin. How come count of thirteen Rabbi Oshaya did not? What's Edim Zomimin mean again? The situation where two witnesses claim about a person that he owes X amount of money. It turns out that they're lying because the day and place on which they're testifying about where they saw that transaction take place Couldn't have been that they were there. Two witnesses come and say, you were with us in another place. You were in with us in a different place on that day. Uh, Well, that means that we're lying. What's the halakha? The Torah says that the witnesses who falsely conspire to make that person pay money have to pay that money to the person they conspired against. Well, that's one of the nizikin. That's one of the damaging situations. Says Rabbi Hiyarbi Oshaya, count of thirteen. How come he didn't have fourteen? How come Edim Zomimim was not on that list? Answers the Gemara. Savar la Kirbi Akiva. The in Meshalimin al Piyasman. The Gemara says uh, their opinion, perhaps of the thirteen count, Rabbi Oshaya, is like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva's opinion, Daf is that Kenah. Excuse me. That Eedim Zomim is considered Kenas the penalty or the punishment of paying as you conspired to do is considered not a financial uh, restitution but rather a penalty. And that being the case, there's a ramification. According to the Bi'akiva, well, we know the halakha is modeh biknas patur, if you admit to a penalty, uh, we wouldn't have this in American law, it would be great if we did. If I parked at a hydrant and I went online, I immediately admitted to doing so before getting the ticket or after whatever, before being charged for it, I'd be exempt. That's the halakha according to the Torah. Before you get charged, for the penalty you can admit to it. Modebiknaspatur. The Gemara will learn it on Dafsa Mikdalid from the Pasuk about Sharyar Shi'un Elohim that the Beddin Elohim found you to be a Rashavoshiyatasmoon, not that you admitted it yourself. But the point is, according to Bi Akiva, the Gemara, the Braita and Masechet Makot explicitly says so. If I were to, unfortunately, together with my friend, conspire negatively against you. But before being prosecuted and entirely caught, and the gavel went down and said, you were false witnesses and you need to pay, we ran to another court and we said, I, we have got to tell you what we did. We made a mistake, grave mistake. We're very sorry about it. We admit to the fact that we conspired and falsely testified, the halakha is patur. You're off the hook in such a circumstance. That means that we're considering according to the Akifah, to be a kenaz. Gemara says that's the answer for our count of 13. Why did the count of 13? The Gemara says at the bottom of the page going into the next, the Gemara says two statements which sound like the same. The Gemara says they are the same. The proof is a logical proof. After all, Edim Zolmimim by definition is lo asu of the Gemara, um which means to say that in such a circumstance where I'm caught as a conspiring false witness, I didn't actually end up making you pay the money. You, I got caught before you paid the money, and I'm nonetheless paying the money. Clearly, that's a penalty. The only reason you'd say I have to pay you is because I took money out of your pocket. Point is, I didn't take any money out of your pocket. I conspired to do. the It's considered a penalty, but that's a Akiva's opinion. That being the case, says the Gemara, that's why our count of 13, Rabbi Osha'ayah doesn't count Edim Zomimin as the count of 24, Rabbi did. Why not? Because his opinion, like Rabbi Akiva, is that edim Zomimin, logically speaking, is considered a kenas and not mamon, a penalty and not a financial charge. It uh, happens to be a machloket, Rabbi Akivaim hachamim. You want to know the hachamim? Um, Judah's asking, why would you argue differently? I made such a compelling argument, the Gemara does, that lo asum ma'aseh un uh, it might have something to do with what the Gemara, I'm not certain. It might have something to do with what the Gemara says in the hymn Sheik over here, that the lashon of the Torah is, no, I'm not 100% certain. In other words, how could you make the claim that is a hayuv mamon and not kenas? It's such a strong argument otherwise, not certain. I uh, says the Gemara, uh, okay, so that's, that's the suggestion of the Gemara. It says the Gemara, it, it can't work. I'll tell you why it can't work, because if... The count of 13, Rabbi O'Sha'ayah, really is, in truth, Rabbi Akiva, that's what you're making the claim, that his opinion is that Edim is considered penalty, kenas, not mamon, not financial restitution. Well, we have another opinion of Rabbi Akiva. And according to this other opinion of Rabbi Akiva, you should have added to the count, even though you're subtracting from the count and making it 13 and not mentioning Edim According to some peculiar, some unique opinion of Rabbi Akiva, you should have added in another one. What's that other one? And again, I'm, you know, I, I walk into, you know, this is a classic situation, Pesach Halakha. Walk into the class and I say the Halakha is that X, Y, and Z are forbidden on Shabbat. Give me one second. I forbidden on Shabbat, and you make the claim to me, say, are you certain, Judah? And you make the claim, you say, how do you know? I say, because it says it in that book. You say, wait a second, if you're following that book, how come you didn't say all these things are, pre- these other things are permitted as well? It's effectively what the Gemara is going to say. If you're following Rabbi Akiva on that matter, it means that this beraita seems to be the following the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. doesn't work because we know another opinion of Rabbi Akiva, which would make things more complicated. Judah says Rashi answers his question four lines from Tapsavah like Rabbi Akiva de Amar Masechet Makot bePerikama in the narrow lines. Edim zomim emes shalmin al piatzman keganim huzmub beetin zev loy speak baadin haamidan beetin ol tov'an vehalchul ma'akom hahev eldu sham beetin ba'amnu hazamnu beetin oshel plonim pturin al maknasah u'modeh beknas ptur where. No, but that, that's answering this question. <laughs> yeah, so, but... Uh, but it's not answering the Sevarah. The sevara against it is, That's the claim of the Gemara for Rabbi Akiva. So, uh, how did they answer that question? But, okay, I mean, I, maybe that's why Rashi is right, and maybe he is starting the conversation. Judith suggesting, by quoting the Gemaranda Daf Tetva, that the definition of Kenas is above and beyond what you did or what you hoped to do. Uh, so that's considered Kenas as opposed to Mamun. But again, keep in mind, over here, you didn't do anything, right? So that's the, that, that, that you're really working with that logic. Maybe it's a certain case where there is no action, but there's, would, that wouldn't be Mamun. Like but that's, it's all, that's, that's, that's the best that's you're going to do. It's the best you you're going to do. The that it wasn't done, that's not I know. You tried to do it. It's like so pay. I know. It's a, it's, it's a hard claim, but so something you like that. Law, so what do you pay? Right. So you try to, assess Jared. You know, you try to, and you're being penalized so as if that's you, that's you did it. Yeah. The, the you know, leave. to the extent that the Gemara is going to, in its final line, say that the Torah calls it as if you did in action. Right. Right, uh, but you didn't. But, but yeah, didn't. that's what it has to be a quantum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Understood. An action, still indeed, it. it's considered a lab she'embol maaseh, but it's kiilu. You yeah, did a maaseh yeah, according to the right. hakamim, so you have to say something along those lines. Yeah. All right, says the gemara, If you indeed are going like Rabbi Akiva, litne you should have taught count of thirteen, Rabbi Ashaya. Tere means two, gavne means types, shor. Of shor, you shouldn't have just mentioned the four primary shor, boor, mavet. You should have had two types of shor. What do you mean two types of shor? There's only one type of shor. There's only one animal which damages. You could have and should have, according to the Akiva taught, litne shor de azik shor, v'litne shor de azik adam. You should have taught separately an animal which damages an animal and an animal, as number two, which damages a person. Uh, we already talked about that. We said it has the same liability. It's going to be, and we're going to read it in a moment, it's going to emerge that the opinion of Rabbi Akiva in a Mishnah later in our Masechet, and Daflamid Gimal, he'll have the following interesting opinion. For one reason or another, and we'll address it when we get there. His opinion will be as follows. If an animal damages an animal, well, that's what we've been talking about until now. It gores, the first three times it's considered a short time. First three times, it only pays half damages. On the fourth time, it pays full damages. That's when it damages an animal. According to the Akiva, if it damages a person, from the first time it's considered mu'ad, you pay full amount. For one reason or another, but that's his opinion. You should have then listed them separately in the count. You shouldn't have had 13. If you're following the Akiva, you gotta be consistent. You have to be the full 14th. Maybe 15, because if you kill the guy, then it's another item. But we're not talking about killing. Good question. Good question. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, says the Gemara Ditna. Now, the context of this Mishnah is, could make it a little confusing, but we'll, we'll explain the con- context quickly, but the Halakha which emerges is the most important part. Um, again, the Mishnah over there, again, the specific and pr- full context not important, but here's the situation that it's describing. It's a funny one. An animal gores a person and hurts the person. The person picks up their club and slams the animal. In which case, says damage on both ends. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? You evaluate the damage that each one did to one another and in the case that it's describing in the Mishnah, the animal in full damage, because it damaged a person, damaged the person more than it was damaged. The animal damaged the person $80 and the person damaged the animal $40. The animal owner needs to pay $40. You may have said if you're not a bi'akiva, no. $80, split that in half. Well, call it, call it. Even though no, the Biakiva's opinion is that Adam an animal which damages a person, pays the full amount immediately. So again, my animal goes after this person. It damages the person eighty dollars. The person picks up its clubs, slams my animal, and damages it forty. I end up paying forty. But what emerges then is that I'm paying the full amount according to the Bi'akivah. That's the punchline over here. Ditnan, as the Mishnah will say again later on in our Masechet, Rabbi Akiva Aftam, even an animal which is in its first three goring's. Maybe it's first goring, but it's Shechaval Adam. It gored a person, it pays in the yoter, in the leftover, in the difference. He pays full amount in the difference. Again, I damaged 80 with my animal, you damaged it 40, I end up paying 40. Oh, so, that being the case, the punchline over here for our purposes is according to Rabbi Akiva, you're telling me that the count of 13, Osha'ayah, is following Rabbi Akiva's opinion. His opinion on Edim Zomim being considered a penalty. If it's following the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, you came in and you told us those things are forbidden on Shabbat, well, it means that you're reading from the book that was written by that rabbi. The book of that rabbi says these things are permitted. How come you forgot to tell us those things? That's the question of the Gemara. According to Rabbi Akiva, if Rabbi Hayyaz is repeating his words, he should have told us as well that number 14 on his list of Avot Nezikin, it shouldn't have just been 13, was sure Shehizik Adam answers the Gemara, tavre Rabbi Akiva Ligizizeh. Rabbi Akiva broke his strength, his fist is the literal translation. Of course, it's, a, it's an expression. It means Rabi Akiva took away a little bit from the strength of his claim. So again, my claim is, as Rabbi Akiva, you pay as if you're Shor Muad, the full amount. But then once you scratch the surface, you ask me a few questions, you realize I'm not as forceful as I appear. In what way? So it goes like this, new concepts again, um, and very briefly, and we'll conclude with this and come back to this tomorrow. The new concept goes as follows. We read in our first Mishnah, so we already have the concept that sometimes when things damage one another, they have to pay from land. If they're paying from land, they pay from the highest value land. That's generally speaking, that's our avot nezikin. A derasha, an understanding from the Torah, is that when it's a short time, when it's the animal which gores another animal in the first three times, it doesn't pay from external sources. It pays from its value. What's its value? The value of the animal. The animal's worth $200, it's a low-valued animal, and it did $1,000 of damage, it's not paying a dime more than $2,000. Let's about $1,000, you pay half, 500 it's migufo, it pays nothing more than the value of the animal itself. That's the peculiar and unique halacha when it comes to shortam. In this situation, when the animal gored a human being, damaged the human being, you said you're treating it like a shor mu'ad, That's paying the full amount, to what extent? As well as just paying the full amount irrespective of how expensive the animal which gored was? No, 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 Rabbi Akiva says not that far in terms of liabilities. You're paying the full amount, but nothing more than, not a penny more than the value of the animal which damaged. So it's kind of like a shon Mu'ad, the forewarned animal, but as well as a short Tam, the one it's in the first three times. It says the Gemara, We have a Okay, we'll return to those words tomorrow and understand them further. Amen, v'amen.